The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. My name is Joel Penfield. Thank y'all so much for tuning into this episode. Joining me tonight, my guy, you know him, you love him, Editor-in-Chief at Inside the Royals, Jordan Foote. What's up, man? Buddy, I'm excited to be back. It's been a minute, man. It feels like it's been couple seasons, but obviously the Royals 2022 has felt like that all in one. Uh, man, super excited to be back. Super excited to do a mailbag. That's my favorite type of article, my favorite type of podcast. So I'm pumped, dude. Yeah, I, I really appreciate everyone that's sending questions both on Twitter and on the KCSN Discord, which if you're not in that, to get access to that, you subscribe to the KCSN Substack. Uh, it's a lot of great Chiefs writing and other stuff that we have, and it supports the Boys and Girls Clubs of Kansas City. It's $30 for the whole year, and you will get access to that Discord, and it's an awesome community of Chiefs fans, Royals fans, KUK, State Mizzou, and, and any other myriad of things. Like, I know there's a there's a golf uh, channel in there where we talk through stuff quite a bit. So there's an awesome community in there, so be sure to check that out. This particular show brought to you, as always, by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Let's hear a quick word from them. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go. And the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound, it actually needs to be fixed in the weight room. Thank you, as always, to KCSC for sponsoring this show. Be sure to check them out if you have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. One read right into another. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
Thursday night is almost here. Want more action on opening night kickoff? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and over, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued at free as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money, be- money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. I hate doing that read, but man, it is satisfying to be able to talk about DraftKings. Thank you for very much then for sponsoring everything we're doing at KCSN. And it gives us the opportunity to talk about some of the bets we are going to place this weekend. So what are some of the plays that you're you're on before we get into our, our mailbag? Buddy, so I've got three kind of degenerate plays. Um, one of them I used a free DraftKings bet on. Shout out to DraftKings. Fantastic stuff. Definitely my favorite, I think, of all the major ones I've oh, yeah. uh, been playing around with so far. It's, it's really head and shoulders above. Um, I threw 25, one of my free bets on Lamar Jackson, plus 2,000 to an MVP. That's um, actually, think, like the value is it, ridiculous. Yeah, and like I, I know that Josh Allen has a lot going for him. This isn't a football podcast, but if Baltimore does bounce back and wins 12 or 13 games, they get the one seed. Potentially Lamar balls out, could pay off a little bit. Um, I have two like definite, one of them's a five-leg parlay for this weekend. I've got Woo! Iowa State plus three and a half. Washington State plus 17 and a half, Alabama minus 20, Mizzou plus seven and a half, and USC favored by eight. Um, so that's one. And then this one is one of those uh, you say yes to like all the stipulations bets. It's yes to the order of the NFC East being one Buffalo, two Miami, one in the AFC South being the Colts, one in the NFC West being the Rams, and then some combo of Green Bay and Minnesota being one and two in the NFC North. So I, I, like I think those. that's fairly, fairly possible. Well, yeah. I guess all these are until you lose, but right, right. That, that's <laughs> why it's gambling for a reason, yeah. right? All right. So here's what I got for this weekend after absolutely getting screwed this past week. It was brutal. Um, I'm on app state plus 18 against Texas A&M. I, I like know that. it's a little bit of a sharp play because it, something about that line is a little sketchy, but uh, a great follow on Twitter for college football uh, stuff. Stats of War, Parker Fleming does really, really great like analytical models of games and predicts the scores and outcomes. He had this game at like 34-20, and mm-hmm. his model is usually pretty solid. So I knew, okay, if it's he's got it at two possessions, I think the 18 is good value here. They gave North Carolina a run. I know North Carolina's defense is horrific, but I also didn't think A&M looked that great in their – their opener against Sam Houston State. I don't know what to make of Haynes King. I think that App State can certainly make that a game. I'm also on UCF minus five against Louisville. That one, there's a weird nugget here. Bear with me. But Louisville was a home favorite against Syracuse. Uh, at, at They were a road favorite at Syracuse. My bad. And they got absolutely housed and looked terrible. Teams that the last 14 times that road favorites – have lost week one and then go on the road again for week two. They're one twelve and one against the spread. 
So I'm hammering UCF in this one. I think we could see quit factor early for Louisville if they look bad. Um, that could be a, a fade Louisville the rest of the way. I'm, I thought about Alabama minus 20, but something about the way the line jumped worried me a little bit. But mm-hmm. I am on the Texas under team total 22 and a half. I, th- that gives you three touchdowns. They might get one in garbage time, but they're going to get absolutely routed this weekend. I'm not worried about it. I am on, if you want a Chiefs play, NFL play, I'm on the over team total for the Chiefs 30 and a half. I, it's, you're essentially getting an Andy Reid bye week. That's what week one always is. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to trust that the offense is going to go ball out. I think they're going to absolutely wreck the Cardinals. The the drama around that, like the Cardinals, I know that they're a good team, but something about it just makes me want to, makes me believe the Chiefs can go in and bop them. And then a little bit of a sicko mode play, uh, some late night West Coast football. Fresno State, Oregon State's a pick them. And I'm on Jake Hayner and the Bulldogs to get it done against Oregon State. I dig it, dude. Those are good plays. You have a good mix of like, well, this may not happen, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then a good mix of like, I genuinely believe this is going to happen. Um, I, I would like to think, like when you place the bets, you never have the mindset of this is never going to happen, but I'm going to do it anyway. But like, at least for me, I have a, a good gauge of like, yeah. well, this this could happen. This probably won't, but I think the odds are too good to pass on. Then you have some that you just straight up expect to happen. And you're like, man, this one should hit. Um, and that kind of determines, at least for me, what you sprinkle elsewhere. So I, I like that list a lot. Yeah, the, the team total does kind of sketch me out a little bit just because it is kind of low. But I sure. also think that Alabama's backups are probably still better than Texas' starters. So I that game is going to be... I think Alabama covers that too easy, but the value of minus 20 isn't that fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to stay away from that and just stick with the team total. I wanted a first half team total, but I can't go that sicko mode on DraftKings, unfortunately. Sure. So I need, <laughs> I need some, I need a first half team total somewhere in there. If someone from DK is listening here. All right, let's get to your questions here. Uh, talk some Royals first question. And I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but I think it is at least worth mentioning considering this season has fallen well, well short of expectations. Guys, basically asking, you know, how many losing seasons are you willing to give Dayton more um, after this season? I'll be honest, like I don't think that he's going to get fired anytime soon. That said, if they fall flat on their face next season, you at least really need to consider the moving on. Like you cannot let that happen again. They fell on their face this year. All right, let's reset and go next year. I think even if they okay. Let's set expectations. I think if they win 79 games next year, I think you at least feel okay. Yep. I think that's perfectly yep. reasonable. But if they fall flat again, and I think if they if they lose 90 games, you really have to consider moving on and just tearing the sucker down. Heads have to roll. <laughs> if it's mm. that disappointing of a season, heads have to roll. I'm like, this is a team that, man, they were flirting. I mean, they weren't even flirting with. They were a 500 team from a certain point to a certain point. Now they're kind of a little bit below. They haven't been able to keep up the pace quite as well. But you see games and you see weeks where even last week, I believe they went 500. They're a team that when they're on, they're on. The pitching last season in the second half, I remember it was better than it was and everyone had so much hope. The offense is where everyone needs to not worry because I think the offense is going to be just fine. It already is just fine. If they get maybe one impact bat, the problem is where do you put that bat because you have so many moving pieces. At a certain point, though, if it's between like a Kyle Isbell, Edward Olivares platoon, 
and you replace that with one capable bat that can also play decent defense. Something like that, one of those situations, or a full-time second baseman or something like that, you can afford to do those things. If they do that, they also go out in free agency and get a pitcher. They trade for a pitcher, perhaps. Um, It can't be another year. I guess it can. It shouldn't be another year of five young guys, essentially. I know Greenkey's there. I know Keller technically isn't a young guy anymore, but... Um, they're going to have to make changes, but I don't think they're that far away no. from being a close to 500 team. And a lot of that's if things break right, if injuries break the right way or don't break at all. Um, if you get a little bit of luck, that 500 can turn into 84, 85 wins. That 75 can turn into 80. Um, so if they finish with like above 75 wins, I think, 79 is probably the, the accurate target. Um, but if they avoid 90 the further up you get on that spectrum, I think the the safer those jobs are, at least yeah. for Dayton Moore. Dayton has a much longer leash, in my opinion, without you know being there for those conversations um, than some of the people below him, not including right. JJ. I agree. All right, so this next question, I don't want to spend too much time on this either. I have one quick take on it. Um, question is, how dumb of was it of John Sherman to allow Dayton Moore to waste an entire year of Bobby Wood Jr.'s service time this season by starting him in the bigs on opening day? Here's what I will say. And the same people that are upset about this, which is a very small minority, I'm sorry, this is just a really stupid take. I'm, I, I'm sorry to the person that's anonymously sending this. Um, it's dumb. Because the people that are complaining about this would be the same people that would be rioting, that would have been rioting outside Kauffman Stadium, losing their minds, bitching and complaining that Bobby Wood Jr. was not on the opening day roster. It's the same people. So if you just want to be revisionist history about it, then sure, go for it. But you, if you really want to believe that Dayton actually gives a damn about winning, he put his best player on the roster opening day. Bobby Wood Jr. deserved to be on the opening day roster. And you would have been pissed if he wasn't. So it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. And like, it's the same people. They don't like Dayton. So they want to go back. And now it's a bad it's, decision. When it's at the beginning of the year, it was bias. the best decision ever. It's confirmation bias. It's revisionist history. It's I'm going to reassure myself that Dayton Moore can't make the right move. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. And like, we have been talking for years the Royals aren't a team that really cares about service time manipulation. Like they want exactly. their young guys to play. And you would have that been bitching about service time manipulation if you kept him down. Exactly. So yeah, I, I'm with you. We didn't need to spend too much time on that. I, I don't like the take. I, I get where people are coming from, even if I like strongly disagree with that. Yep. So this one is actually, this one's great from Josh Kaiser. Uh, my guy over at Royals farm. Oh, I love you, this. You can spend $3 this off season. So these are all $1 you know, whatever you go, you can go look at the tweet if you want. So all these are a dollar. You lock up Vinny for eight seasons. Asa Lacey gets back on track. Pitching and pitching development improves slightly across the board. You sign Sean Mania, you sign Brandon Nimmo. Alec Marsh gets back on track. You trade uh, Kyle Isbell, Michael Garcia, Jackson Coar to Atlanta for Mike Soroka and AJ Minter. Or you fight and then fire Cal and Matheny. The easy one's Cal and Matheny, right? You have to spend a yes. dollar there, I think. Yes. That also, in theory, well, no, it doesn't help the pitching development across the board because it's at the big league level. I think one of them, do you lock up Vinny? I think I'd spend a Not, buck on that. I would. Okay, so I'm spending well, entirely on pitching. 
so, but I understand the argument for that. And I totally and that one seems like a of the moves listed. If we don't spend our one dollar on that, they would probably want to lock him up anyway. So maybe I shouldn't and spend I'm cool a dollar that. on that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so I take got... back my dollar. I don't think the. Am I crazy for thinking that Soroka Minter trade wouldn't happen on Atlanta's end? But like for our purposes, should I spend the buck on it? I get you it. You know what I mean? And I and Atlanta's really really good at PD, so you know yeah. that Jack, they turn Jackson Coar into a freak. Sure. I get, and I think it makes sense. You get a really good lefty reliever in Minter, and you get a buy low candidate in Soroka who's come back from a couple major injuries. So mm-hmm. there's some inherent risk there, but I think Soroka is a dude. When he was healthy in 19, he was a dude. And the Royals need like that. That's yep. all I have so far. All right. So I'm I'm firing Callum Matheny as well. Yeah. That's an easy dollar to spend. I'm improving, and then, then my next two dollars go hand in hand, and that is improving pitching development across the board and getting Lacey back on track. I was thinking that too. Because like, I don't know what it is with Asa Lacey. I coming into the year, I thought he was going to, it was like the Asa Lacey going to be the Asa Lacey revenge tour. And he was going to come and just wreck the world and be a knocking on the door of the big leagues. And it has not been that way. He hasn't been healthy. He has walked the world. He looks like Nukalush if he were left-handed. It's, it's not good. Like nothing about it is good. Mechanics are off. I don't know if it's a mental thing at this point with the injuries, but you get that guy back on track, you have an ace. Like you have a game one starter in the playoff series. It's that easy. He has some of the best stuff in all of minor league baseball and all of baseball just in general. When he is around the strike zone, it's lights out strikeout stuff. And if you get that guy on track and you're feeling a hell of a lot better about where you're at, that also allows the pitching development. If that gets across, I mean, we're starting to see some little improvements with Moscato, Cardona, Panzini yep, down in Columbia. Columbia's you doing get better. Those guys, like they're pretty, you know, the last few scouting reports on Moscato have been really, really promising. So you get that across and that allows Alec Marsh to get back on track too. And I don't have to spend a dollar. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was so thinking Alec Marsh, but then I went through, like you said, if you get two of those things already done, even if Alec Marsh doesn't become one of those minor changes or whatever, you, yeah. you still have Ace Lacey back on track and you have the guys in Columbia who are already doing well, pitching and improving. Yeah. You have guys coming up through the pipeline. Um, one of those is a lot easier to pick than the other I th- in terms of the Matheny Eldred one. Then I think Lacey is close to a no-brainer. Um, that third one's interesting, but I think I'd also go with that minor league pitching improvement. Yes, and, and all of these were really nice, and I could totally consider yeah. any of them. Uh, Manaya would be pretty interesting, and I think he's a very uh, intriguing and probably like I could totally see the Royals signing him because I don't yeah. think he's going to be super expensive. But I also these last few starts have been rough. I mean, the Royals shelled him on a Sunday punt lineup, and that's not pretty. Um, I don't want Brandon Nimmo on my team because I think he's a hardo. Yeah. Um, but he's a really good player. Like that's not, it's like, it's just like, I hate watching him sprint down the line after a walk. Like that just bothers me for some reason, um, <laughs> but he's also a very Royals player. It hurts. So the Royals would yeah. absolutely sign him, uh, but they also don't want to invest in a good center fielder. So there's that exactly. aspect of it too. Uh, then Mike Mead from uh, Royals weekly. What do you think Lynch needs to do this off season to become more consistent next year? I'll let you start this one off. I got to do a little bit of research here. Not without numbers in front of me. And I know Joel's going to come with that. 
um, not deal with blisters. Like I, I'm not one of those conspiracy wow. theorists who thinks it's going to derail his career. I don't think it's that dire of a situation. I do think that it's something really annoying that has held him back this year that didn't have to. Um, hopefully in the future won't for his sake. I also think it's not even something he can do. It's get a new pitching coach. Like I think if there's one pitcher at the big league level right now who could benefit the most from a new pitching coach and really like Daniel Lynch has one of the higher ceilings of any pitcher, not, not just the big league club, the Royals organization, like Daniel Lynch has had stretches of play, not long ones like Brady Singer had this year, but like where he's looked really, really good. I think getting a new pitching coach and getting the uh, blister problem taken care of without looking at like what pitches he needs to improve, what specifics I'd get into. That's where I would start. Then I would follow up with, uh, whatever my good pal Joel has in mind. So what I'm thinking, and this is just, again, trying to find a comp, but if he can do be like 2019 Patrick Corbin with his pitch oh, usage. Oh, I like that. So Patrick Corbin yeah. this year is one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So I'm not using 2022 Patrick Corbin as an example. But Patrick Corbin, before the injuries, he's a slider first guy. Mm-hmm. Like So going back to it looks like, 2017 um started throwing a slider about 38 percent of the time and even more uh 2019 he threw it 37 percent 41 percent in 2018 now was his primary pitch daniel lynch's slider is really good and you work that as the primary and then you couple that with the slider say with the with the sinker the four seam a change up you probably work in something a lot better so that would be where i'd start as i think you go full patrick corbin throw your slider a bunch from the left side, you can get away with that as a primary pitcher, as a lefty, and go from there. Because I don't it's, think his fastball is that great. So no. it allows you to guys to not not just sit on it and hammer it. Well, and it's a novel concept. that It doesn't always work. It's not like the most foolproof option ever or whatever. You can't be you know, a guy who's going to always do it. But throw your best pitch the most often. Like It doesn't have to be 60% of the time if it's a slider or anything. But throw the pitch more that you're most comfortable with probably and that yeah. you have the most command of, and that can set you up. It's not like he's going to go out there and throw 80% sliders or anything. They're not going to, I mean, they could like Jake Junis people and go through this quote unquote transformational process where really it's just people who kind of knew what he should have been doing anyway. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be the Royals, but yep. I agree with you. Throw the slider more base, everything off of that, that, quote-unquote minor change. I think it'd be a pretty major change to his arsenal or at least usage of it, but complement that with maybe a new pitching coach who would unlock that in addition to something else. I think the fastball could go from merely just okay that has some great moments to a plus offering pitch pretty consistently. Then you're working with something, you're cooking with fire. Yeah, exactly. So just for perspective right now, he's throwing his slider 32% of the time and the fastball 44.5, which I would drop the... I dropped that fastball by like 10%. Yeah, I was going to say like 35, maybe you're a little yeah, bit lower. Like 35%. Yeah. I throw the slider at 38, 39, and just rock with that and see what happens. That would be what I would do. Yeah. All right, really quick, guys, before we go into the back half of this, if you are looking for the best selection of Royals tickets, be sure to check out our friends at Tickets for Less. At ticketsforless.com, you'll find the best selection of Royals tickets at the best prices, and you'll never pay outrageous per-ticket fees like you do on other sites out there. Plus, use our exclusive partner code to save even more on your tickets. Simply use promo code KCSN22 at ticketsforless.com to save on any Royals ticket order. That code, again, is KCSN22. 
All right, moving over to now the questions over on Discord. Again, be sure to subscribe to the KCSN Substack, $30 a year. You're supporting the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Kansas City, and you enter into an awesome community. You get access to this Discord channel. Uh, we got... <laughs> Uh, can Jordan please explain why he wants the Royals to sign Mike Matheny to a tenure, Mike Matheny and Cal Alger to a tenure extension? <laughs> I, I don't know what the context of this is, but I just saw that was the so. First one is that from uh, Zach? Zach. He, Zach, he won't be. Yeah, yeah. Zach. Um, he he gives me crap for being a Los Angeles Rams fan, and when I poke the bear of making fun of Chiefs fans, sometimes. He he likes to give me crap in the Discord. So it's all good fun. He knows that I don't, or at least I hope he knows that I don't think the Royals should do that. Like, if that happened, not even 10 years. Like, if they, obviously they picked up Matheny's option. People think that means he has to be tied down to the team. That isn't the case. Um, if they gave both of them extensions this offseason, I legitimately think there might be, like, a riot at Kauffman Stadium. Like, some group of people would go up there with, like, pitchforks and signs it would be just absolute um, the hell. intro the intro music to this podcast would turn into the sound of silence by uh, Simon and Garfunkel yep and yeah we would not be having a fun time um, mm-hmm. people would not like me by the end of that certain people would certainly not like me um from Christian Gumminger uh where he does stuff for his KCSN now which is awesome uh yeah, love a great great supporter of the channel before he even uh joined up uh, but if the Royals revamp their pitching this offseason, would you rather see them add free agents or replace Cal? Bigger impact uh, that would that alone get them to nearly 500? I I'd rather see them add free agents. Really, to a certain degree. Okay, so there okay. there's a there's two schools of thought here, and I I could see both being completely logical here. For the sake of just answering the question, I would rather sure. see them sign free agents uh, just to get maybe new voices in there that the um, that the young pitchers can learn from. Yeah. But like the thing with Cal is I don't necessarily think he's completely the problem. I also don't think he's part of the solution. Uh, but I also can see getting Cal out and seeing, okay, was he really the problem or are some of these pitchers just not it? Like it's kind of a chicken or the egg situation where, okay, is Cal the reason why these young pitchers are bad or is Cal just there and we, again, no such thing as a pitching prospect. And some of these dudes just busted. Like, yeah. I don't, because it's all bad, we don't really know, like, what the, like, the genesis of it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and also, if you're getting a free agent, that free agent isn't going to be 24, 25 years old. Like, those free agents are going to be pushing 30. They're going to be 28. Some of them might be over 30. Like, not to say that you can't coach a pitcher into – doing new stuff or whatever. And that could be, they bring in a somewhat middling guy and they can't quote unquote fix him. But like you're getting a more established player that you know more about. That's also for lack of a better term, hard to like botch or screw up, I think. Um, So that definitely, it also depends on how many I think like if you can bring in a pitching coach who can save some of these guys don't even need saving verbatim, but like save three guys, maybe. That does that have more value than going out and getting three guys that you're spending payroll on that also are I older? See, I, I don't yeah, know. I see the argument there, but it's far from a guarantee, too. Like, you can get a new pitching coach, and still maybe those pitchers just aren't that good. So, I definitely see both sides of that. It's tough, it, it really is. I, but I can, I can understand it. And yeah, I think the bigger impact 
probably would be replacing Cal. But then you're yeah. also like, oh, who are they going to hire? And is he better? Or it's a bigger you know risk I mean? for it's sure. A, it, there is some inherent risk there, even if we don't think Cal Eldridge is a good pitching coach. Who knows who the Royals decide to hire next, yeah. right? Yeah. Brendan McNichol, what steps should the Royals take in order to make a Mariners-esque leap? I appreciate the Mariners aspect of that. Oh, yeah. Um, I do. I It's just getting better pitchers. Like, I think yep. it's that simple. If you look at the Mariners, like, their offense is horrific most days. They pitch their ass off. Like, it is. It's Robbie Ray. It's Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, and then Marco Gonzalez is a solid five. Like, they have – the and their bullpen is stupid good. Like, it, yeah. and it's not like they have set roles like HDH where it's seventh, eighth, ninth. Like, Paul Seawall is the main closer, but they could throw Matt Brash, Diego Castillo, exactly. Andres Munoz, like any of those dudes in there. And, like, I think the bullpen is for the Royals is fine. I think it's just had so – like, they've had pockets of good and pockets of bad. There, it's just mm-hmm. been really – it's more inconsistent than bad, I think is the best way to put it. Like, Alex and I talked a little bit about this on Royals Farm the other day. If the Royals have a lead at the end of the game, I feel pretty good about it because I know how good Scott Barlow is. Dylan Coleman has shown his worth at the end of games too. Amir Garrett, when deployed the properly has been good. (laughs) Jose Quas, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Jose Quas. Like, so I think there's solid there. I, it really comes down to the starting pitching, being able to keep these guys in games. You don't, I don't think they have to spend money on free agents when it comes to hitters, The your hitting, your hitters are there. And with the hitting development and that group, I don't worry about those guys whatsoever. It's a matter of getting pitching and I would go and trade for one and I'd go sign one. And yep. you have enough surplus value in the minor leagues that's intriguing enough for a lot of teams that you can go and get a solid starting pitcher that's cost controlled and go from there. Yeah, people want to people want to rag on the Royals farm system because it's not, you know, a top five unit or whatever anymore. And all their players or all their quote unquote star players have graduated. Um, they still have enough to wheel and deal. Okay. And it's not like they're going to be completely bare if they do wheel and deal. And if they're serious about winning, that isn't going to matter as much if they do wheel and deal. And then you can always do it down the road and replenish. Like just because you lose a few prospects now doesn't mean you can't get a few down the road when you trade somebody else. And that's okay. kind of the, it's, it's not a one way road. It's a two way street that <laughs> you could go both ways. The Royals, they need to go the right way down the road. They're like trying to have you seen the Austin Powers movie where he's trying to like turn around the the golf cart or whatever? I think and so, he's, yeah. And he's like running into the he's making like a 20 point turn because he keeps running into the wall. That's what the Royals were doing. Like they go back, they go forward, they go back, they go forward, and they're making like two degree turns. And it's gonna take them like 50 before they're facing the right way. By then. Vinny Pasquantino, Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez are going to be, you know, free agents or retired and all that good stuff. They they need to get this going. Um, the offense, it's going to be a top half unit, I think. Oh yeah, for a by while. far. Like, by and, far. and it's not going to be like fifteen. Like, it's it's going to be probably a top ten unit if they can project um, and progress as they should. Pitching though, the bullpen's not as bad as some people think. I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know, man. I think definitely you trade for a guy, you sign a guy, and you go for We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com There. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm looking at this. All right, our guy Zach Eisen, who I love because he's an Angels fan, that poor, poor soul. Uh, One free agent we'd like the Royals to add this offseason, and then one prospect that's a my guy. Go go ahead. Who do you got? I want to hear yours first. I'm interested for the free agent side. So the free agent, because I think this guy's just meant to pitch in Kansas City, but I'd go get Chris Bassett from – No, I was going to say that too. Love Chris Bassett. I I love Chris Bassett. Like, if you ever listen to him talk, um, he's very old school. Like, it feels very Royals, but – yeah. You know, and you know, it, I don't think he's going to take too many years. I don't think he's going to cost a ton of money. Um, and he's pitched really well this year. He's just a bulldog. Like, yeah. I don't know if y'all, like, y'all probably, if y'all don't remember, he took a line drive off the face and then he's back in a month. Yeah. Like, and texted the, the color commentator for the A's Dallas Braden and said, I got a bullpen in two weeks. Like, he was ready to go. Like there's something about that that I'm like, okay, he he's gonna go and fight for his guys. He's gonna go and compete every fifth day. A great mentor, dude, that's been through a lot, multiple injuries, a lot of time spent in the minor leagues. Uh, it does not come easy for him. So there's a certain amount of that that I think um like Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coar, John Heasley, and others can really learn from. I, I think that's a that's a dude I'd go get for sure. Yeah. And he's a guy that people even over the winter like the Royals should go after him like he's he hasn't been a new thought for the Royals fans like we we aren't coming up yeah. with original uh, thoughts for media or fans or anybody of saying oh the Royals should trade for Chris Bassett the Royals should go after Chris Bassett but they they still should <laughs> like he, yeah, he hasn't exactly. turned into a pumpkin or anything um he's not super super old yet um, I, I think he's a good guy I'm not going to make like a James Shields comparison or anything and say this is a somewhat no, no. It, it's not the same but get a guy towards the top of the rotation who can rub off on the young guys who's been through a lot. Like you said, seen and done a lot, um, kind of a, a younger, more effective and less blunt, I think version of like the idea 
of Zach Greinke. Yeah. <laughs> kind of do that and go from there. Yep. Um, anybody else that you have in mind? I'm kind of sticking on the pitching side. Um, he would cost a lot more, but again, it's one of those if you really want to go make a splash. Um, I go with Carlos Rodon, yeah, who is going like to hit free agency. But I if think he can it's just stay be, healthy. I think it's going to be nine figures, which to me, yeah. I don't. I think it's going to be well out of the price range. But if you really want to win, that you need a top of the rotation guy. Who is your? I think who is your prospect? My guy. Before we jump into that, is Sonny Gray free agent? He intrigues yes, me a he, little he, bit. He is. I've never been a big Sonny Gray fan. I just haven't. I'm, I used to be a huge fan of his, and then obviously he hasn't been able to replicate what he did early on. He's been okay this year. He's got to be like 32, though, or 33, right? He is. Yeah, he's 33. Okay. Yeah, never mind. He's a little bit older than I thought he should be. Yeah, see, Bassett's, um, prospect, 30, Bassett's 33, but I'm willing yeah. to make a three-year deal for him because I think the way he pitches will age fine. Oh, yep. Big agree. Um, I think I, I kind of bounce around. I'm really liking Michael Garcia right now. Oh man. yeah, Big I, I think guy. he has more power than the average person will believe, yeah. even if he doesn't have good power. I think it can be somewhat respectable. Um, I think he just is going to be, despite the rough moments he had when he did get called up, um, he's going to play good defense. He's going to get on base. There aren't holes in his approach. Like I think he has a pretty high floor. I think I agree That's with Alex that he can he can be a a starting shortstop at some point next season. Um, and I, I kind of like this isn't a my guy, but a guy that I think factors into the rotation that people still aren't talking about. He just started the other day. Max Castillo intrigues me, dude. I think he's very, he, very intriguing. He could be a long term piece in some capacity. I don't know if it's bullpen or starting, but people think that like. He's just a throw in in the trade, and that he's a guy who's not going to play a factor. Like, if you're going to give Carlos Hernandez hype and Jackson Coar hype and Chris Bubich hype, and even Daniel Lynch sometimes, Max Castillo, Angel Zerpa, you know, I think Castillo deserves to be in that group too. I, I completely agree. I really like what I've seen from him early on. My guy, and I, if you followed me on Twitter for the last couple of years, you know, it's Tucker Bradley. Oh, yeah. Tucker Bradley, the guy just hits, it's all he does. It is incredible. Like it's one of those where it's like you never really knew what to do with him. He was yeah. just always good, not great, but he just goes out there and just mans the post, mm-hmm. slashing two ninety three, three eighty two, four fifty five for an eight thirty seven OPS in Double A. It's not like he's super old for the level. He's I believe he's twenty four. He's shown a little more power as of late. Twelve home runs. It's just a really level swing that's really going to equate to a lot of doubles more than power. The guy, if nothing else, like there's no, the thing about him is there's no elite carrying tool. Like there's not yeah. something that's like, oh, this guy's going to be in the big leagues for X reason. He's just good across the board. That carrying tool, and Alex and I talked about this too, like the ability to just mash right-handed pitching is going to get him to the big leagues. Like, yeah. I don't think he is a an everyday corner outfielder, but very well could be a platoon with like a Nate Eaton or something like that in the future. I was going to say with some, or an Edward, yeah. Edward Olivares, something like that, like where you let him go in and just mash against righties and let Olivares come in against lefties, pinch hit late in the game. And he's got 19 stolen bases. I didn't know that. I mean, he's, Oh wow. Yeah. He's not going to get a 2020 season uh, unless he just goes on a tear here this last week or two, but that is at least intriguing because that's not a part of his game that I really knew a ton about. But the guy just hits. And at a certain point, 
he's doing the hardest thing to do in sports, and he does it at a pretty high level. He's going to go to AAA next year. He's going to be a candidate to probably – I don't think he'll get put on the 40, but certainly if there's a trade made or there's a move that needs to be made, he's. He, I think he could get a shot at the big leagues next year. Like I wouldn't be yeah. shocked if he did, especially if he continues to hit like he has. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely possible. That, and you could say that about a lot of guys. You know, like yeah. I'm not really – you have the ETAs, obviously, and everyone can look them up and read them. I, they're not always accurate. I think if there's one org that like sees a player who's overperforming or just flat out performing, you know, relative to expectations or whatever, and is willing to give them a shot, it would probably be the Royals, I think. So I could see it happening. Yeah. And another guy just to keep an eye on, there's not a big sample out on him yet because he only played 18 games, but Lisandro Rodriguez down in yes. Columbia. Switch hitting middle infielder. He's 19 years old from from the Dominican Republic. Um, just, I mean, the dude just mashed there for a little while. I think he's on the IL right now uh, toward the end of the year, which sucks because he was really starting to get hot. There's just some easy juice in his swing from both sides. There's some legit power in there as he's he to grow. Man. There is some. There's something there. Like I think we could look at him next year the way we kind of looked at Michael Massey and some of these other guys that are just they just pop out of nowhere like you can yeah. always see the talent but then it just starts to click for these guys and it's like whoa okay uh, especially being that young like he'll it'll be his age 20 season next year and it'll probably start again in low a wouldn't shock me if he's in high a by June and that's an exciting exciting kid to watch yeah 100%. And they, they have some players. I know that it's yeah. not Nick Prado and Bobby Wood Jr. and MJ Melendez and Vinny Pasquantino, but like they have players, man. They're not as bad off as some people think. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually a really good question from Matt K. Better slash line, better career slash line, Prado or Pasquantino? Mm. I'm going to. God, that's tough. Cause like it's you would immediately tough. think of Prado. And say Prado's going to hit 240, 250, like once he peaks or whatever, maybe even 260. But like he's going to walk a bleep ton and get on base. But like Pasquantino's going to have the hits and he's going to walk a decent amount and he's not going to strike out as much. And the power, raw power, Prado has the advantage. But like Pasquantino has really, really respectable power. When he gets a hold of one, he's going to drive it. They're both going to be at Kauffman Stadium, presumably. Like, we're not saying, well, if you get traded in this ballpark, you hit more home runs, whatever. Like, if they both play out, I'm going to go Pasquantino. But, like, I, I don't want to make that sound like I am discounting Prado, if that makes sense. No, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be the strikeouts that are going to end up being the detriment yep. of Prado in this, yep. in this ex- thought exercise. He's probably going to slug more at his peak as he continues to get older and, and progress. So that might help. They're both going to walk a pretty healthy amount. Vinny is always going to have him in, in the hit column. I think the one thing that could, could swing it Pasquantino's way in this is the fact that he, that Pasquantino, I will be shocked if he ever has a season in the big leagues where he strikes out 22% or more. Yeah, me too. And I would be shocked if there's ever a season that Prado strikes out less than like 27%. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so, going to be at least a quarter of the time, no matter what. At least. So and that's just, a, that. and it's not even that he swings and misses too much. It's like he just sometimes doesn't swing very much. And he takes sometimes a lot of he's pitches. Too, like, like he's too patient sometimes. Yes. Like I wish that he would go and hunt more often, which yeah. allows him to get to those pitches. There, there's an interesting dynamic. We don't have to like go deep into this, but like between Witt Jr. 
Melendez, Prado, and Pasquantino. There, there's a lot going on there, man. Like you have Bobby Witt Jr. who's just going to swing and doesn't draw walks. You have MJ Melendez who has a really patient approach. You have Prado, you have Pasquantino. Like there is a lot. And then even Michael Massey who puts together professional at-bats. Drew Waters has been walking at a really good amount since he came over to Kansas City. Like the youth there, it's interesting, man. Like they have a yeah. good dynamic of they haven't been tainted almost where they turn into, and everyone yeah. loves Salvador Perez, but like Salvador Perez or Alcides Escobar or something. Yeah, um, there, There's a good kind of balance there between those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So the, Matt Kay sent us a couple of questions, and thank you uh, for doing so. Basically just ask, you know, how big of a disappointment was the season? If you want to listen to that conversation, we talked about that on uh, Royals Farm Report uh, that I believe is out now. So uh, then we talked, we took some anonymous, uh, kind of similar to this. Like it was just your thoughts anonymously yeah. uh, sent to Royals Farm. And we talked about that. That was a big part of the conversation. So I don't want to take too much airspace from that conversation we had on the other podcast. So be sure to check that out on the same channel. And then can the Royals make the playoffs with the current pitching in the organization? I think so, but it's a matter of getting the right voice in there for these guys. It's very yeah. clear that whatever is going on between the front office and player development on the pitching side combined with Cal Aldred is clearly not working. So again, it's a chicken or the egg. Like, is it these guys are just not, you know, they're not who we thought they were, or is it they're good, but the right voice isn't in there to help them get better? We don't we don't know until one until one or the other like these guys either lead to another organization or Cal gets fired. Well, and it could be a. I, I hate putting it all on this guy because it's kind of not his job, but I mean it is also. John Sherman can say a lot, mm-hmm. and he hasn't said a lot. Like he could secretly want to clean house this offseason, and not too many people would know it, or he could secretly just think everything's fine. And the Royals aren't going to make a ton of changes, and that's going to trickle down. I'm not saying that's probable. I do think that I would still lean that Cal Eldred at least gets fired this offseason. Um, I I flip-flop on Matheny. I think that he does bring, in their eyes, some positives. But even with, since the Whit Merrifield trade, since the veterans, quote-unquote, um, and it's not like Ben Attendi was echoing this or anything, but there haven't been as many kind of rumblings that I've heard. That's of, true. Yeah. He's too much of a hard ass. You know, I can't really keep up with this. I don't like the locker room dynamic. And like Matheny's always going to go out and say the right things. But I mean, he is. He's saying, you know, they, they do seem to have a more positive vibe right now. Um, with that said, a lot of it rests on John Sherman. That That's not necessarily fair, but at the end of the day, he has the most power out of all of them. Um, if he wants a downtown stadium to happen, he's going to have to have to field a somewhat <laughs> competitive and supported product. And if the Royals don't improve, they're not going to get that. This might be an aggressive take, but I'm going to go ahead and just say it anyway. Um, this offseason is really, really critical for the Royals, and John Sherman's really at the forefront of it because he can make changes. Like yeah. He can make it happen That's because he's fair. the one with the money. And we will know by the time these guys report to surprise Arizona in February, whether or not John Sherman wants to win or he wants to own a team just to brag to his buddies at the country club. Yep. hundred percent. It might even be a little bit earlier than that. I mean, weeks well, probably it's not going to be crazy, but by yeah. February 1st, we're going to know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my take on it. I mean, yeah. 
John Sherman knows what it takes to win, and, it, and it's pitching. I mean, he yeah. he oversaw that in Cleveland. He knows what it takes. You and hear Dayton he wants- say it all the time: currency of baseball. Like they know it. They're like they say they know it. John Sherman like literally does. Like he's been there and done that. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. They they have everything in front of them that they want or can do or need to do. Um, I do yeah. think they can still make the postseason. Like I, I thought everyone thought almost this year would be figure out who belongs, who doesn't belong. They kind of accomplished that kind of not next season. They were supposed to make that leap. Now it's going to be 23. You build towards 500 or so then 24, you compete for a playoff spot. So, I mean, the timeline got delayed by uh, multiple <laughs> factors. I'll yeah. say, um, but it's going to have something's got to give at some point. You can only quote unquote rebuild for so long. You can only avoid it for so long. And they're going to have to face the music. And a lot of that comes from John Sherman. Yep. Okay. So the last couple of questions here again from Christian Gumminger. Uniform combo that you want to see next year. Bring back the black jerseys. Make it happen. Ooh, buddy. I, with what pants? White. Gray? White? White. Okay. I want, or bring back the full powder blues. I was going to say, I want a full powder concept. Yeah. I like that too. Like the sun, like Sunday powder blues. Yep. Give me that. Okay. I do like the black jerseys, though. I know they are controversial, but I'm a fan. And then secondly, why is the MLB draft so difficult to understand? <laughs> There's an extra layer of complexity instead of take the best player with all the slotting rules. Would it make sense yeah. to restructure how it works to have more parity in Major League Baseball? It's different because of the minor leagues. Like, yep. you're not drafting for, like, the Chiefs. Like, you're not drafting... The Chiefs, like the Roy- the Royals, aren't drafting a George Karloftis type to help them right now. They're not drafting Sky Moore to help them right now. Yeah, they're not going to call up Gavin Cross and say, "Hey, dude, like you're in the lineup tomorrow. Like, come out." He now. would flop. Like that's yeah. just not how it works. There are very, 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 very few guys that can make that leap without any minor league time. Like there, I think Mike Leak is the last dude to do it. Like he got drafted by the Reds at Arizona State. I don't think he. I yeah. think he had been hurt shut down, didn't pitch the year that he got drafted, well, comes out in spring training, and he's in the opening day. Rotation. And they were talking about, like, Kumar could join a playoff rotation. I'm like, guys, come on. Like, it is so freaking hard to do that. Like, you have to have these levels. And it's even gotten to the point to where when the Royals traded that competitive balance pick, people didn't even know you could do that. Like, the, ML- the MLB draft is so far out to some people. Yeah. And it's just unique, man. And it comes, like you said, from that minor league system. Yeah, like it's just different. And it's not that it's necessarily bad. I understand that it's confusing. I I understand that, but that's like there's just so many layers to it that it's not as straightforward as the NBA or the NFL draft. And guys like going back to school or whatever, just signability concerns. That's why guys fall. You know, that's why you go and try and throw a little extra money at somebody in the fourth round to try and Mm -hmm. get them to – to come to school. That's why you take a Frank Mazzucato so you can go and get Carter Jensen and Ben Caderna because they're going to be more expensive in three years. You might as well try and get them now. It's why the Royals under slotted like their sixth or eighth pick so they can go and get David Sandlin in the 11th round and give him a little more money, get him away from Oklahoma that there's just so many layers to it. I wish I could spend more time trying to explain it in a, like in a, actually try and answer the question, but the basis yeah. of it is it's complicated. It just is at its core. It is. That's why we love it. And that's why we love it. Absolutely. All right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, man, it's almost over. And that's not like a relief type thing. It's a, it literally is almost over. Like, and then 
off season's going to hit and we've been saying it throughout the podcast. Everyone's going to find out soon <laughs> what the Royals yeah. are gonna, like by next February. There's not going to be any uncertainty like there was this year. Well, if this happens, then blah, blah, blah. Like the overarching, they did do this. They didn't do that. The actions are going to speak louder than the words. And there's been a lot of words being spoken over the past few yeah. years. And now it's going to have to turn into actions. All right, so my final thought, um, it has nothing to do with baseball because I'm baseballed out, Good. frankly. Um, just reached that point of the season. Now, the Mariners have kept me going in that regard, um, but I'm, I've been so locked in on football the last few days, frankly. Um, but I, I still love doing the show, and I appreciate the platform that I have. But it also, yeah. it's a long season, and it has kind of worn down a little bit. It's a grind. I've been playing a lot of golf recently. Like it's one of those like I've and I've gotten decent enough. I've got my handicap down to 13. So like I'm playing well enough that like it, it's starting to get addicting and I'm completely retooling my swing right now. Like I'm trying something a little different. If you if y'all are a golf fan uh, like Matt Wolf swing, I'm kind of doing something similar with that right now. Just a little more fluid, not as not going to be as sore and yeah. try to be a little more consistent. I need your advice on this. Should I start documenting my range sessions on TikTok to show the journey? I would be very happy for that. I am big on like my TikTok right now is well, I just submitted I have a TikTok account. Um <laughs> it's food, golf, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly I, those two. Like there's other sports and stuff like interviews and, and rap and like culture yeah. type stuff, but like a lot of it's golf. And dude, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many I've followed that are like doing that type thing where they'll say they'll give tips. They'll document. They'll say like, here's the before, here's the after here's after a year watching those videos, dude. Yeah. I, I haven't really done anything to mine in a year. And that makes me think I should have been doing making these changes. It, it's definitely something I would follow. All right. So you and I need to hit the range and you and I need to go and play around yes. golf here soon. We need to make we that do. happen. All right. Uh, one last question before we get out of here. Cause uh, you've done, did you answer my walk-up song question the last time that we got together? Oh, dude, I or told you, you I'd have one. I would go, oh, man. I, I, I So I can give you one that I probably wouldn't go with that, like, still is a decent pick. Or I can, like, pinky promise that next time I will have, like, my bona fide walk-up I need so, song. Okay, I need something from you. This I guess I would go, like... Something Drake, like Headlines or something, Underground okay. Kings. I don't know. Something from like early Drake I'd probably go with. Before he got super corny? Yeah, before he got corny. Like Russell Wilson level corny? I, I don't know about that. I don't think he's Okay, no, Russell bad. Wilson's a whole That's uncharted territory. Sure. Like that, That's like, the scale is like here to here. Like Russ is like all the way off. Oh my God. That's like I, I promise. I'm writing it down. Walk up song. All right, I, I got one more. We got to because I know you're a football guy too, and then oh, yeah. I want to get out of here so Tucker doesn't spend too long doing this. What is your hottest NFL take this season? My hottest NFL take, I think. We, ironically, before we came on the podcast, we talked about how Greg Jennings made a take about the Saints going to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't think it's too far fetched that the Saints could somehow wind up in that NFC Championship game. I don't think they win. I don't think it's far off. The roster is ridiculous. The roster is ridiculous. They're getting Jameis back. They drafted Olave. 
it's going to come down to coaching and quarterback play. And if you have those question marks, then you obviously like shouldn't be penciled in to do it. But like NFC's weak. I think the Saints can make a deep playoff run. I'm not going to pick them to get to the Super Bowl or anything, um, but I think they could win two playoff games this year. Yeah. Oh, hottest take. Well, time to fire it. Um, the Broncos have a better chance of finishing in last place in the AFC West than they do of winning it. I don't even think that's a crazy take. Well, I think it's not I, nationally, hot. nationally, it would be considered a crazy take. Yes, I know. I understand, that, and that's not me pandering to Chiefs sure. fans, like. Because no. I do think, even though I do think the Chiefs still win the division, like I get that the Broncos have a great roster. I understand, yeah. but I don't think people have talked about enough that Nathaniel Hackett's a first-time head coach. Like I don't think that's talked about enough. I great, I know he's a great offensive mind, but who knows? Like people want everyone, every young, awesome offensive mind to be the next McVay. How often has that actually worked? So you have that combined with Russell Wilson, while still fine, is getting older. He got hurt for the first time last year. We know how injuries work in this league. And by week nine, every year, he starts to fall off a cliff. Yeah. And we've seen the let, like the, the progression of let Russ cook. He's good for three weeks where the MVP hype train is off the tracks. And he lights the kitchen on fire. Then he lights <laughs> the kitchen on fire. Yeah. And especially now that he feels that he's away from Seattle and he wants to be the focal point of the offense. Yeah, we'll see. So, I read, I have two quick points and I promise we'll get out of here. I, I do have a hot take that will make you not very happy. I did read an article on the ringer before we came on here tonight about how he literally, he like said, he's obsessed with becoming an icon and being generational and blah, blah, blah. And he knows he has to win, but like he Ego. left Seattle cause he wanted control and like, he's going to be 34 in November and he scrambles as much, if not more than any other quarterback. He's also small. Like if his athletic traits lose out and they leave him a little bit, which they, they already might have a bit, just well, notice, a tad, okay, it's going to be ugly. Much, have you noticed how much thicker he looks this year? Like I, I understand putting on weight to take hits, but yeah. if that hurts the athletic profile and the ability to get out of the pocket, ugh. I think there is a world because back before really like 2018, 2019, I consider him a top five quarterback. I was like, Russ is really, really, really good. I don't think he can be quite that good ever again. I think he could be a consensus top 10 quarterback again. I'm not betting on that. I think he might take a step back. Uh, my hot take that you're not going to like, I would take Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert if I'm starting a team. I I, I just I think there's I don't this disagree. like. I'll be honest. I don't disagree. Really? I don't. I just I buy into and this is me being just I don't know. I don't I think Burrow has this Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. He's just so freaking smart and he's just I, maybe it's just the charisma and the leadership and I think Herbert's great and I think he has the Mahomes aspect to him but like I think Herbert and Burrow in an equal situation I just think Burrow has something he has the it factor that I can't describe. I think he's going to be the best quarterback of this, like, no, because Mahomes is in that age range generally because Burrow's old. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I would definitely take Burrow, I think. that No, I don't think that's – I completely agree. Burrow carried an absolutely garbage dumpster fire franchise to a Super Bowl. Like, you can't discount that. So, that, that's, that's my take on that. Um, we can talk more once this is done, but to everybody listening, thank you very much. 
uh, for listening to us talk about college football, degenerate gambling to the Royals to a little bit of football at the end. Uh, this has been great. We are in the home stretch of the season. Thank you all for sticking with me. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe the YouTube video uh, that's going out for this. Subscribe to the audio channel. Stick with us. We're still going to have content into the offseason, uh, so stick with us there. Uh, you're really going to start seeing more on the audio side. And subscribe to everything we're doing here at KCSN. We've got a lot of good stuff. Oh, and be sure to subscribe to KCSNU, the college football YouTube page where KUK State Mizzou stuff is going to be uh, moving forward. Take care, guys. Thank you very much.